It's your fucking idiot host, Brace Belden here, and I have a proposition for you. Uh, if you want to, John Lennon style, fucking shoot your favorite male podcast host on November 3rd, that is Tuesday, November 3rd, Election Day, and you live in the Bay Area, I need you to come help volunteer for the Dean Preston for Supervisor campaign. We got shit to do all fucking day. We need a ton of fucking people. A lot of money up against them. Millions and millions of dollars from the Pritzkers, people like that. Don't even fucking live in the city. Uh, anyways, we need your help. I am going to include a link down in the description, or you can go to votedean.com, but the other link I'm going to put is a little easier to use. Anyways, do that, and you can fucking kill me. Um, so listeners, I want to clear some stuff up. Um, I know a lot of you have probably seen the news that, uh, my hard drive I gave to our producer and our producer forgot who gave it to him and he found a hard drive in his house and he did give it to the FBI. Um, and the FBI for some reason gave it to Rudy Giuliani and, uh, Rudy Giuliani, for some reason, gave it to the Chinese government in exile that Steve Bannon started, uh, along with some QAnon people. And because of that, you know, some pictures got out. And I'm not ashamed to it. I know I've talked a lot about the show on being like, you know, on being a good person, on being honorable, on not lying to people. And yeah, I lied. I can't do more than eight push-ups. I've said a bunch of times in the show, I can do 500 push-ups, 600 push-ups, 700 push-ups. I can do like seven. I can do seven. And so, I, oh, I also, uh, I also, there's a video of me getting a foot job. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did ever, does everyone watch, did, do you think everyone's watched it or are they ignoring it? I, I think very few people have watched it. That's what my <laughs> sense is, it. is that it's all over the like chans. Yes. But it's like not, it's not even on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it got, it blocked me. It blocked me. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm referencing the Hunter Biden foot job videos released by Ugh. the Chinese government in exile. I'm not Steve watching Bannon these, controls. by the way. I do. I did send it to you and you did tell me you watch it for a sec. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> um, it is. I thought I was like, okay, like I'm watching a video of like, I think he's getting a blowjob and then, cause it's all blurred out. And mm. then I, then I looked closer. I'm like, what head? Looks like the oh, it's a foot, and mm. uh, and he's smoking crack. And yeah. I kind of jumped around the video. There's but, a uh, bunch of other photos, like the whole tranche. It's a real tranche, mm. isn't it? Yeah, and 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 before we started recording, I, I I mentioned to 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 Liz the size of Hunter Biden's uh, sex, and she's like, "How do you know that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's because there's several pictures of him measuring it <laughs> that he put out." <laughs> Is that a thing? Is that like a thing that people do? On the regular? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do like a Coke can thing, like three or four oh of those. Um, All right. But yeah, no, uh, I I, th I mean, I did it I, a long time ago, and I don't think I've done it in many years. I don't think I always really thought this was like a gag. Age. I didn't realize that like, like every guy has done this. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Every guy has done this. Oh well, God. there's some countries where they don't use measurements. Like anarchist like zones and stuff like that. Like I know in, in the chat. Oh yeah, wait. Remember there was that take that was like uh, actually the the um, the like U.S. system is is like colonialist or something and or was it the yeah. metric system? I can't remember. I think it or was maybe it was anti all measurement systems were. Yeah, an it was ist. an anti measurement in general. Um, yeah, there was some. There was some. Let's say. 
uh, left winger who is in close touch with the workers movement has decided that the most pressing issue is that we have to abolish measurements. But you know what? Honestly, after seeing this Hunter thing, kind of kind of agree with them. Yeah, I bet there's like about eighty percent of men who would you could get on your side for that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I could lead them. Um, but the thing is, it's 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 all you have to do is just be like. This never happens. And they're like, what never happens? You haven't done anything. And you're like, no, this ne- I swear to God, this never happened. Like, you still have your, I just, I, we're at a bar. This never happens. I love this how never your, happens. your whole move with women is just like, confuse them. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's shocking. Off. I'm, you got to give them the dazzle <laughs> where you like, you come out with them with so many contradictory and, yeah. and like absurd things that they are, they are like, does he, like, he keeps saying, his dick's fucked up and grotesque. Is it? Like, would he say that if it was true? Or like, and like, he's like, he's saying that he's uh, like all, uh, you just have to say so many insane things that they're like, well, nothing makes sense. And yeah. this guy seems to kind of like be able to navigate it. So I, I got to stick with him. It's like the shock doctrine for relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All of that stuff, every single like way that the US empire has pillaged the third world and the second world and certain parts of Europe like that are pretty much second world like you know eastern Europe it all of those like methods are applicable to girls Guy walks into a bar, really handsome guy. He's like, "Hey, my name is Brace Belden. This is True and On." Oh the my bartender, God. no, the bartender. Check this out, Liz. The bartender just finished being like Ted Kennedy's intern or whatever, one of those guys, and is about to start her promising career as a congresswoman. And her name is AOC. Her, her, no, her name is. Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, Liz. Hello. Uh huh. And the, check this out. Check this out. The doorman comes up and he's like, Brace, you got it. We don't fucking allow no podcasters. Get the fuck out of here. And Liz, uh, you go and represent me in Congress. And oh his name God. is Young Chomsky. That's right, bitch. This is true or not. <laughs> that was so stupid. But uh, you know what? Points for being creative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Uh, I am. That's then. Also, that's right. You heard, ladies and gentlemen. We have Young Chomsky on the uh, ones and twos. Not sure what those are, but he is on the microphone. He is joining us for this uh, very special episode where we actually um, don't talk about Ghislaine Maxwell at all. Yeah, we need him and his um, his storied theater skills for a little mm-hmm. bit of a teleplay that we're going to be doing later on in the show. That's right. We wrote a musical about Jeffrey Epstein's death, <laughs> which we are we are we are being which being we actually by, performed about a year ago. Yes, yeah. Uh, it is being produced in conjunction with Spike TV and uh, <laughs> and Spiked the magazine. Weirdly, yes. Enough. Also received funding, unfortunately, from Richard Spencer. We were it's a grant grant thing. We had no say in it. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, and uh, Megan the Stallion. <laughs> that would be a very weird crossover. Yes, 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 it would. Um, isn't that what? Yeah. Uh, I anyway, just hello, some, everyone. Hello. 
welcome. Hello. Hello. It's true, Anon. Uh, uh, in case you were confused, which probably not, because well, uh, you you, I, you clicked play. <laughs> also, I said it like five or six times. Already. All right, whatever. You know, I'm used to doing it, so I just I don't listen to you when you talk. Oh wow, you're the first one in the world to say that. Just psych, psych. Um, I am so I am juiced, baby. Yeah. Okay. So, in case um, our listeners don't know, um, there was a big release in the Gillian Maxwell case. A four hundred and what is it, sixty-two page deposition. Sixty-five, was, I believe. Four sixty-five. Excuse me. Was unsealed. Uh, no thanks to Miss Maxwell and her lawyers. They lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and gotta say, it's quite a read. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, I mean, it was, I've been looking forward to this for a while, and like, I Mm. think, we've mentioned this on the show a bunch, there exists a lot of documentation from uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell versus Virginia Jeffrey case in 2016. It was a civil suit that Virginia filed against Ghislaine, she actually won it in 2017 for an undisclosed amount of money, which, you know, great for her. Um, and, but the bad thing is, is that Ghislaine was basically successful for quite a while in getting a lot of the files related to it sealed, essentially. And there has been a pretty, pretty, uh, extensive legal fight since around 2018 when the Miami Herald actually, I believe, uh, filed to get these documents unsealed. And, uh, and, and finally they've been unsealed. Ghislaine's lawyers have been trying to deny it. And there's always, there's been, even since, you know, this has been reported on since Epstein was arrested, there've been quite a few anonymous men who have been very, um, energetic in their efforts to keep these documents sealed. Yeah. So this is, it seems like this is just the beginning of what will be a kind of rollout of a lot of unsealed documents as the months go on. Um, but you're, you, you know, you already said this, but I want to like make clear that this is a deposition and related or related to the Virginia Jeffrey case. So this doesn't actually have to do with her criminal case, but obviously there's stuff in here that pertains to the criminal case as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot different from, um, you know, you, you might remember that we've gone over the Jeffrey Epstein depositions on this show. And Epstein's deposition, although there are some similarities, which which we'll probably get to as we go along with this, but he basically pleads the fifth and some more of those fucking things uh, in, in answer to every question. Whereas Ghislaine in this, uh, you know, it's a, it's a civil case. And so she talks and talks. I mean, she basically doesn't say much for a lot of it, but she says some pretty interesting stuff here. Uh, this actually is not the only transcript, or excuse me, this is not the only deposition. So apparently there are two more that are slated for release. They are uh, Jane's Do- Jane's Doe or Jane Doe's? Jane Doe. Jane, well, there's two of them. So it's yeah, Jane's Jane Doe, Doe 1 and Jane Doe 2. Okay, well, Jane Doe uh, Uno and Dose. That's yeah. a, little, a little Latin flavor on that for you. Uh, <laughs> those are going to be rolled out in the... Uh, Sometime next month. Uh, and uh, there's actually another Ghislaine deposition, too. This is from uh, this is from David Boyce, which 
fuck that guy. But this is from his, uh, his, he gave a little interview to the Miami Herald about this. He says, what you see and what was released is only the beginning of revelations about the scope and scale of the Epstein Maxwell trafficking ring. We are finally seeing how it operated a bit of who was involved beyond what's publicly known. This is only a small part of the evidence that was accumulated during our civil case. And he also says that there is another transcript that is much more, uh, informative coming too. Mm. Yeah, so, okay, so let's just some top-level um, takeaways, because we both did read the entirety of this deposition. Mm-hmm. Um, one, not a lot of new information in here. No. No, we, we uh, it's, it's, I mean, I, I'm sure what will surprise no one, but she does not say that, like, Bill Clinton ate a baby. Right. Um, well, she actually does say that, but it looks like she's kidding. <laughs> Um, my big takeaway from this was, I mean, I think you get a real shade on the character of Ms. Gillian Maxwell. Mm-hmm. She is a pro. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's a pro's pro. I mean, this bitch knows how to fucking dodge a question. I'll tell you that. She knows her way around the law. <laughs> it's So what, what astounds me about these things is that, like... It, it, this this also struck me about the Epstein deposition is that they are they are just like so adept at giving the same answer over and over and over and over again and rewording it slightly differently. Uh, Ghislaine has a few stock ones, but she says I don't recall about sixty six times, and she says I don't recollect around forty two times, and that is over a hundred times of saying I don't fucking remember, and that <laughs> seems to be a really good. I didn't know you could do this. I mean, I've never been involved in civil litigation, but can you just be like, yeah, I don't remember? Well, I mean, it's a deposition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. I guess that's true, but it 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 uh. I, it's it's an interesting insight, I think, into her legal. So that kind of brings in the point that I want to make on this is, you know, Galena Maxwell has an upcoming court case next year. It's going to be it's going to start maybe a little less than a year from now. And I have been very interested in seeing what her legal strategy might be for that. Mm, um, yeah. And, you know, like I've said before on the show, is like, you think Elaine's going to be like really smart because, you know, she's rich, she went to Oxford, she's always hung out with these hoity-toity people. But she doesn't seem as smart as, uh, or she doesn't actually act as smart as, as, as one might think she is in relation to court cases. And so I think her strategy is probably just going to be like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, you do get a little glimpse, like you say, and I, I think um, we flagged a couple times, but, you know, she's very um, careful about mm-hmm. which questions she answers and which she oh, doesn't yeah. and the way in which she, like, dodges the question. Like, it isn't always, I don't remember, but there's a lot of times where she's very she's very specific and says, oh, well, actually, I can't, um, you know, I can't say what Jeffrey thought or I can't say what, what yes. happened when I wasn't there. Like, so she's very, very well coached. I was, you know, like I said, pros pro, very impressed. I think yeah. some people, you know, if you do want to read this, which, you know, I think you guys should, uh, you know, a lot of good takeaways here. If you ever find yourself, uh, you know, in front of, you know, the coppers or a lawyer, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, another little interesting thing from this was that uh, we know now, although we've kind of known this for a while, that all of Ghislaine, in fact, all of Epstein's inner circles, inner circles legal bills were paid by Epstein himself. Uh, we know that specifically through a lawsuit that Ghislaine filed against Epstein's estate after he died in the Virgin Islands, seeking some a little bit of fucking money. 
and she says very very plainly in that uh, that her her legal bills, Epstein had promised to pay all of her legal bills and that she was still an employee of his, blah, blah, blah. In this deposition, though, she says, I don't know if I, 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 don't know if I, I copied this part, but she says that, uh, that Epstein actually wasn't involved in this. And she really downplays her relationship with Epstein a lot, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So, I mean, I did say at the top of this, well, just five minutes ago, that there weren't a lot of... Um, new revelations but actually there there are some really like interesting little details in here um and so as i mentioned we're gonna go through and read some bits but before we do that we should mention that uh there's some pretty sloppy redactions in here (laughs) which i was actually pretty surprised usually they're um pretty detailed about and very careful about what they redact and making sure that it's very that it's you know pretty difficult to you know, guess, you know, who the redaction is, but um, they did not do a good job. And actually there was an article up at Slate uh, by Josh Levin, Aaron Mack and Jonathan L. Fisher, where, I mean, I mean, they published this like, (laughs) I don't know, four hours after the thing went live Yeah, where they um, very easily (laughs) tracked down pretty much all of the redactions just by looking at the um, index. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, you can see, so, like, with Bill Clinton is probably the most obvious example. It's just his name is in the index, blacked out, just, like, where Clinton would be. Like, right yeah. after clients. <laughs> in between clients and color. Exactly. And you can really, you and I believe there's actually quite a few mentions of, uh, of Billy C's name. Yeah. Um, but, but, but it's, you know, there's no like astonishing, like new people mentioned in here, just sort of the usual suspects. And believe me, um, they're, they're, they're all pretty much present here. I mean, we have, uh, we have Alfredo Rodriguez, his, his, uh, former houseman who died of somehow, uh, well, of cancer, but don't get me started on that. We got Leslie Wexner, we got Chris Tucker, we got Marvin Minsky, we got fucking Al Gore, although Al Gore technically, all right, I, he's not actually involved in this. Uh, Jean-Luc Bernal, Chelsea Clinton. I don't Chelsea know if Clinton. I believe that. I, I, I don't know. I feel, I, with the Al Gore thing, so that stems from um, some Ghislaine Maxwell, or excuse me, from, from Virginia Jeffries, like sort of semi-memoir she wrote, and I think yeah. she just literally thought he was a different guy. Or like thought a different I don't know. I think Al Gore is a freak. Uh, baby, we, are we? Oh, hold on. We are not litigating whether Al Gore is a fucking freak or not. I'm you will not find me on the wrong side and of that. So then, you know, he have, he could be involved. I'll say he's a super freak, and he's guilty. Here's the thing with all these guys: he's guilty. Yeah. It doesn't matter of what. Well, it does. Also, but did he really need an Oscar? What was that about? Uh, I think the same uh, same forces gave him the Oscar that perhaps gave the White Helmets one. Mm. <laughs> I forgot about that. You know what I'm that. saying? You know, we yes. have to say, too, I do want to mention Chris Tucker is in this. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know, that's a person we like to bring up every so often. <laughs> uh, I will say also I receive I I receive some help on understanding some of the sort of legal strategies that, strategies at work here and mm. some of the lawyerly terms from uh, from friends of the pod at a lab. It's a different podcast. Uh, that's Allah Liker on Twitter, Twitter and Wyatt Privilege. Yeah, uh, a lab. All lawyers are bastards. Exactly. I don't think all are. I just think the non-Jewish ones are. I just think they are those two. 
The rest are fine. <laughs> uh, what's the difference between a lawyer and a shark? Uh, what? Ooh, actually, I was going to say something really anti-Semitic, so I'm not going to. <laughs> All right. You know it's what? like Let's I never get- see the sharks in Temple. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I think we should get the show on the road. So, yes. um, without further adieu, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how I was going to do that. <laughs> well, usually someone says, so like if I was going to do that, I'd be like, without further adieu, let's, let's, let's get right into it. But that's yeah, like, but kind that of doesn't corny sound right. I, I kind of wanted like, to, I, like in my head, we were going to have like velvet curtains open, Yeah, you know, and it's like a theater production. That works. Like a procession. All right, so back to it. Without further ado, again, <laughs> this is uh, True Num Presents, the United States District Court, Southern District of New York, Virginia L. Jeffrey Plaintiff against Gillian Maxwell, defendants, videotaped deposition of Gillian Maxwell, uh, taken pursuant to subpoena, held at the law offices of Boyce, Schiller, and Flexner, April 22nd, 2016, 9.04 a.m. Damn, they Bef- got an early start on this. Yeah, that's good. Nine to five, baby. <laughs> um, so before we get into this, we should say uh, that we are all going to be playing some different characters. Myself, I will be voicing the part of Gilly Maxwell. Be still, my quaking heart. Oh, my God. Uh, I, uh, that is the famed thespian... Uh, the great orator, Brace Belden, shall be playing the part of Miss Macaulay, who is a lawyer for Virginia Jeffrey. Uh, I, I shall be, uh, much like a Hamilton, where they had people of color play, in fact, people of white color who were very racist. I will be playing a woman, uh, lawyer. <laughs> and uh and and and, and uh, I'm very excited to I'm very excited to be here. Uh and I will be playing the role of Mr. Pagliuca, uh the great clown himself. <laughs> and that is uh that is to say the lawyer for uh for Miss Ghislaine Maxwell. Look at this. I'm very I'm getting really into this. Yeah, I like it. It's good. So I also uh wait, who's Q? No. <laughs> Liz. <laughs> Q no, that is just in means this. Q as in question. That's what Q stands for? <laughs> yeah, well, in this deposition. Okay, oh, so that's me. Okay, so, all right, check this out. So at okay. this point, to set the scene, everybody is in the room. All the lawyers for both firms are in the room because you not only have Miss McCauley and, and the other lawyer for, for Boys Schiller, etc., you also have Bradley Edwards, who uh, is the like sort of personal lawyer for Virginia Jeffrey, who has written a really good book on the case and who has done a lot of like, he's just a local lawyer in Florida who's gotten really involved uh, in this case. Uh, I get, yeah, yeah, he's, I, 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 see, I tend to like this guy. Yeah. Um, but at this point, it's the beginning of the deposition. Everybody's in the room. And oh, wait, I'm going to play stuff. Edwards in this, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. and, uh, the role of Bradley Edwards will be played by Miss Liz Franzak. Um, when did you first recruit a female to work for Mr. Epstein? I object to the form and foundation of the question. I believe this is confidential information. 
I ask anyone who is not admitted in this case be excused from the room, please. So the response to that question would... The subject matter of this question is confidential, and I'm designating it as confidential. I just want to make that clear for the record. So we don't delay the deposition. I will step out of the room, but I think it's important to lay... Maybe we should get the judge on the phone and talk about it. The record will be short. This is the precise reason why Miss Jeffrey wants me in this case, and I'm unable to effectively represent her at this time because I'm unable to have access to the confidential information, which includes, apparently, the entire deposition of Miss Maxwell. But for the sake of not further delaying this, I will be outside the room. So what we're seeing here is basically Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers immediately start gumming up the work and kicking Bradley Edwards right out of the room. Yeah. I mean, I have to say he didn't really put up a, a big fight. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to really understand what the fuck, like, I, 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 you know, like how they can actually do that. But it seems like he understands what their legal strategy would be here. And, and some of these, these, these lawyer consultants I, I, I talked to were like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that their whole thing is basically just to delay, 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 make it as annoying right, right, as possible right. for everyone. Which apparently they say is not that great of a legal strategy because when you read it in the deposition, it comes off as fucking psycho. Yeah, well, yeah, and it kind of does in this deposition. <laughs> so, Ghislaine, uh, let's just start with like the real first question here, and and we can really get a taste of what Ghislaine's strategy will be for this entire uh, entire interview. So, uh, so to get back into my role, so Miss Maxwell, when did you first recruit a female to work for Mr. Epstein? Again, I object to the form and foundation of the question. You can answer the question. First of all, can you please clarify the question? I don't understand what you mean by female. I don't understand what you mean by recruit. Please be more clear and specific about what you are suggesting. Are, are you a female? Is that the sex that you are? I am a female. That's what I'm referring to, a female, and I'm asking you when you first, the very first time, you recruited a female to work for Mr. Epstein. Again, I don't understand what female. I am a 54-year-old woman. <laughs> I'm not making it age. Any age of a female that you recruited to work for Mr. Epstein. Again, I was somebody who hired a number of people to work for Mr. Epstein, and hiring is one of my functions. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, the mum's well, net defense, right? Exactly, yeah. She's just like, well, actually, I'm an adult human female. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's an incredibly ballsy, uh, no pun intended, um, strategy to immediately just be like, what's a woman? Yeah, I love it, actually. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. And, and um, as we kind of mentioned at the top of the show, this is her strategy, like, through the entire deposition where it's yeah, like yeah every she nitpicks every single word give me the definition of that so i can answer the question give me a definition of that so i can ask the question answer the question and you know to to our buddy's point at a lab like that is a delay tactic right because yeah, it's like absolutely. the deposition is just taking longer and longer and longer yeah, and, and, and object to form and foundation, which is something that you shall hear uh Mr. Pagliacci say quite a lot in this, is basically Saying that, like, objecting to the form of the question, like, like the way that the question is being presented, and objecting to the foundation of the, of the question, meaning that there is actually, like, in her asking uh, if you've recruited any females, well, we haven't, uh, if we haven't established that there have been females recruited. And so the foundation of this question is bullshit. I'm sure that I'm not explaining that very well, but that's essentially what this means. Mm. 
And, you know, in case there are people that don't understand legal stuff, like, well, myself, to be clear, like, this is a deposition, and so objections are just recorded, and that's why the lawyer continues on and says, okay, you can answer the question, because now the, the objection has been recorded. Yeah, yeah, essentially it's just being noted. So, yeah. Um, next, this is a little bit out of order, because I kind of collected these all into one place. I think this is really the only time that I've done that in here. Um, but we get some sort of interesting insight from Ghislaine's perspective, although, of course, she's being sort of careful here due to the nature of the case, about her and Jeffrey's relationship. So we know that Jeffrey met Ghislaine in, well, we think that Jeffrey met Ghislaine in the early 90s, right after her father died, and that they dated and then that their relationship became complicated. Um, let's say uh, they, they began living the swinger lifestyle even before they moved Oh, forward. my God. Remember uh, when Facebook Facebook made that thing where you could change your status to it's complicated? Yes, yeah. I mean that like just became, new, that's yeah. like a meme that still lives with us. Yeah. They're the they're, they're the er it's complicated. Mhm. So, all right, let me get back into it. Crack my neck. Were you his girlfriend in that year in 2004? Define what you mean by girlfriend. God, this is giving me a lot of flashbacks to <laughs> several points of my life. <laughs> Were you in a relationship with him where you consider yourself his girlfriend? No. Damn cold. Did you ever consider yourself his girlfriend? That's a tricky question. There were times when I would have liked to think of myself as his girlfriend. <laughs> putting the collar up on that one. Putting the collar up. A lot of women nodding their heads to this like it's a fucking yeah, magnetic field song totally. or whatever. <laughs> uh, when would that have been? Probably in the early nineties. And so this is from this is this next part is from a little bit later in the deposition. I just again wanted this in one place because sort of one of the running things about the Ghislaine thing is that like just Epstein really didn't seem to care about her that much as a person, and she was slavishly obsessed with him. Yeah. Um so again again the lawyer asks, When did you first meet Jeffrey? Some point in nineteen ninety one. And did Jeffrey know your father? No. How were you introduced to Jeffrey? Some friend introduced us. <laughs> Can you describe your relationship back in 1991? Was it friendship or was it girlfriend relationship or was it a work relationship? What was your relationship in 1991? It was just friendly. Oof. Then I believe you testified you began working for him in 1992. Is that correct? Yes. In 1992, I know you gave me the description of the work that you were performing for him. How much was he paying you? Do you remember? I don't recall. Ding, ding, ding. Um, and then a, a little later, why did you continue to maintain contact with Jeffrey Epstein after he pled guilty? I'm a very loyal person, and Jeffrey was very good to me when my father passed away. And I believe you need to be a good friend in people's hour of need, and I felt that it was very thoughtful, nice thing for me to do was help in very limited fashion, which was helping if he had any issue with his homes, in terms of staffing issues. It was very, very minor, but I felt it was thoughtful in somebody's hour of need. Okay, wait, what can do you we mean? pause for a second? Yes, pause. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a pretty wordy answer considering most of her other answers during yeah this. okay so she says i'm loyal and okay so after he pleads guilty this is what 2005 yeah okay and 
you know, Ghislaine's father died in the early 90s when she, you know, you know, she says she met Jeffrey. Um, well, she let's must be, be clear. a he very, was... very loyal person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's crazy because, you know, speaking of her father, her father was, I mean, it is the, the, the most likely scenario that we know of the death of her father involved him being drowned off of his boat by what Ghislaine herself says was a mixture of uh, the Corsican mafia or I believe the well, Sicilian mafia and uh, the Israeli Mossad. Mm. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I, like it, it's, it's just really wonderful to see that, like, yeah, okay, Israeli intelligence killed my father who worked for them um, and who was, like, threatening to blackmail them. And, like, it's just cool that, like, she continued to maintain that relationship, even though, like, shit got kind of fucked up and it, like, got complicated and messy. Like, uh, I have this n- knife that my grandfather gave me that says, my honor is my loyalty, uh, transcribed in it, in German. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> I like that it took me a really long time to get that. (laughs) Um, I have to say, too, though, that, like, uh, you know, so after he pled guilty, this is how she describes his hour of need. Like, that's his hour of need is when he pleads guilty to prostitution of a minor. Well, it's funny because later she's like, oh, I don't know what he really pled guilty to. Like, she just pretends like she doesn't really understand what happened. And so, like, it's it's just so, I mean, obviously, like, duh, this lady is just lying and this is part of a legal strategy. But just, like, I don't know who she expects. It's no wonder she fucking lost this case is what I'm saying. Yeah. So she has, she says more about the relationship. I think earlier today you testified that at some point in time you considered yourself to be his girlfriend. Is that the closest you would say that your relationship was with him? And if so, what time period was that? Objection to the form and foundation. I don't think I said I was his girlfriend. <laughs> I would like to think of myself as maybe. I don't know. I sometime in the mid 90s. How close was your relationship? We were very friendly. Without going into details, was your relationship with him intimate yes <laughs> yeah spicy spicy you know classic uh, girl all the way through gotta say <laughs> well so what she says too, like later in the deposition actually several times in the deposition she sort of repeats herself is that her role was essentially that of a house manager like she's very clear that she uh you know she her like she basically almost pretends like she had this in very impersonal role where she had like a little secretary's office and she dealt with like hiring pool boys and architects and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but had no real uh like day to day insight on what Jeffrey Epstein did. Yeah, but it's it's weird too because she kind of like even when she insists that that's the kind of work she was doing in other areas of questioning, she kind of like steps back from it to make it seem like actually it it wasn't that big of a deal. And I didn't really hire that many people and I wasn't really doing much at all. Like it's very, it's all very, she doesn't literally contradict herself multiple times, but it feels like she does in the way that she's describing like her, her working relationship with him. Yeah, it's it's like and and the thing is too and we get to this a little later too is that she uh she's asked because I mean remember the crux of this case is that she sought out a a teenage uh like spa assistant at at Mar-a-Lago where Epstein was a member at Donald Trump's club uh and and hired her to work at the house. But the sort of logic that she uses for this is like okay, she hired the pool boys. 
She hired the architects. She hired the plumbers. But she actually just introduced Virginia to Epstein, and Epstein actually hired the masseuses. Yeah. I mean, she also, uh, she also, like, basically, like, it seems like she kind of breaks away from what she, she was instructed by her lawyers to do, but she repeatedly smears Virginia. Like, yes, yes. like in, in kind of a crazy, in crazy descriptions, like not just that she's a liar, but she, I think she, at some point she describes all these, like these things as fantastical stories and lies mm-hmm. and smears. Um, yeah, she's repeatedly. a bit dramatic with her language. Yeah. And she's sort of, she really, she really, she doesn't just insinuate. She flat out says like a lot of the times, like this is just like a story that Virginia concocted to, to make money by selling to the press. Yeah. Um, and 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 around I think page one seventy five she like starts really going for it when the when the lawyer it's it's too much to read out here just because it's the same question over and over but for like a bunch of pages uh, uh, the 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 lawyers for Virginia just ask if she believes that uh, that Epstein sexually abused minors and she keeps saying I believe that Virginia Jeffrey is a liar which yeah <laughs> very instructed by her lawyers answer. Yes, uh, and and so this is this is sort of like an uh, a question that's asked a bunch of different times with essentially the same response, which is usually just like deflection. Um, but this is a sort of interesting look on uh, on on her strategy. So it says, when you say adult employee, no, no, that was that's too that's too hard to understand. When you say adult employee, did you ever hire? I'm the lawyer again. Did you ever hire someone that was under the age of eighteen? Never. Did you invite Jeff- Virginia Joffrey to come to Jeffrey Epstein's home when she was under the age of 18? Object to the Foreman Foundation. Virginia Roberts held herself out as a masseuse and invited herself <laughs> to come and give a massage. <laughs> this, is, this is incredible. Yeah, go on, sorry. There's a little bit more. In the course and a very small part of my job was from time to time to find adult professional massage therapists for Jeffrey. So this is incredible because she just says, oh, yeah, Virginia actually said she was a masseuse. And so I didn't hire her. She just like it's like it's like how you know how people get mad at New York Times for whatever for using a passive voice. Mm. This is like she just was a masseuse and it happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's all it's very. um, Yeah, I I mean, it's really funny. It's like, you know repeatedly she says well these girls invited themselves over and i don't know what they said to jeffrey so you'll have to ask him basically yeah 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 um then we then we then we start getting down to uh, like we mentioned before some of her she gets seems to get very frustrated at certain parts and start talking about virginia in a way that you might not want to if if you were uh the the defendant in this case uh they start grilling Ghislaine about how she met Virginia, and Ghislaine does not quite like that. So uh, the lawyers asked, did you participate? Virginia lied 100% about absolutely everything that took place in the first meeting. She lied repeatedly, often, and is just an awful fantasist. So very difficult for anything to take place that she repeated because I was with her mother the entire time. That's like a big thing that Ghislaine says during this is that actually she couldn't have like participated in this first massage, not to mention like the many 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 more that happened because remember virginia was basically attached to the epstein household for like a quite a while and traveled all over or whatever but she says like no this is all bullshit because i was actually talking to virginia jeffrey's mom uh 
yeah. while she was uh, being uh, statutorily raped by my boss. Um, this is another little funny bit that's also sort of emblematic of, of uh, Ghislaine's answers here because it's just so like, you'll, you'll see. So this is about topless people at, at Jeffrey Epstein's house. Because this is, Virginia Jeffrey mentions that a lot, and there's a lot of sort of press stories about people going to Epstein's house and seeing a lot of topless teenagers. Um, Did you observe females at Jeffrey Epstein's house that were laying out topless in the back of the home, in other words, without a shirt on? So that's just another of Virginia's lies. So let's be clear, at the time when I was there and present, frequently at the house, it was unusual to see people without their clothes on. When you say unusual, did you observe people without their clothes at Epstein's home? At Jeffrey Epstein's home? Can I answer? Sometimes people in the privacy of a house and <laughs> swimming pool, I have seen people from time to time take their top off. I have seen people from time to time do that. Very unusual. Naked people ar- around the people at any frequent period of time, I have never seen. <laughs> um, this is obviously untrue and i'm not so sure i need to elaborate on how untrue that is um this is another question the name here is redacted and it's a victim's name and so i don't think people are really i I, certainly i i doesn't matter me who it is um but the lawyer asked were you aware that jeffrey was having sexual contact with blank when she was 13 years old object to the foreman foundation i would be very shocked and surprised if that were true Um, yeah, she, she acts continually sort of aghast that that could be happening. Yeah, yeah, that's basically her go-to answer. This is another really classic answer by Ghislaine at the, at the end of this year. So, so, uh, so the lawyer asks, I'm asking if they performed sexual acts. Object to the form and foundation. Did any of the massage therapists who were at the home perform sexual acts for Jeffrey Epstein? I don't know what you mean by sexual acts. I'm not asking... (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm not asking about consensual sex acts. Um, I'm asking whether any of the massage therapists performed sexual acts for Mr. Epstein as I have just described. I have never seen anybody have sexual intercourse with Jeffrey. Ever. That is uh, just a little editorializing here. I I don't believe that to be true. In fact, quite the opposite. Uh, I'm not asking about sexual intercourse. I'm asking about any sexual act, touching of the breast. Did you ever see... Can you read back the question? They read back the sort of the question about, uh, well, basically what I just described. I'm not addressing any questions about consensual adult sex. If you want to talk about what the subject matter, which is defamation and lying, Virginia Roberts, that you and Virginia Roberts are participating in perpetuating her lies, I'm happy to address those. I never saw any inappropriate underage activities with Jeffrey ever. I'm not asking about underage. I'm asking about whether any of the masseuses that were at the home performed sexual acts for Mr. Epstein. I have just answered the question. No, you haven't. I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. You are refusing to answer the question. Let's move on. I'm in charge of the deposition. I say when we move on and when we don't. You are here to respond to my questions. If you're refusing to answer the court, or if you're refusing to answer, the court will bring you back for another deposition to answer these questions. Do you understand that? You don't need to threaten the witness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is just that is just really uh 
that is that is that is that takes some chutzpah. Yeah. So as it kind of moves on, they start getting into the details of the the kind of various arrangements or you know alleged arrangements between Ghislaine, Jeffrey, the the you know underage girls as masseuses, and kind of what Ghislaine's relationship there is with the household and hiring and all of that. So this is actually my favorite answer that she gives during the entire <laughs> deposition, and I'm really excited to share this with you. Did you ever tell blank, uh, one of the young girls that was exploited, that she would get extra money if she provided Jeffrey massages? I was always happy to give career advice to people, and I think that becoming somebody in the healthcare profession, either exercise instructor or nutritionist or professional massage therapist, is an excellent job opportunity. Hourly wages are around seven, eight, nine, and as a professional healthcare provider, you can earn somewhere between, as we have established, 100 to 200 and be able to travel and have a job that pays. That is a wonderful job opportunity. So in the context of advising people for opportunities for work, it is possible that I would have said that she should explore that as an option. Did you tell her that she would get extra money if she massaged Jeffrey? I'm just saying, I cannot recall the exact conversation. I give career advice, and I have done that. Incredible. (laughs) You know what, though? I feel like this is going to get me in trouble, but I'm just going to say it. What? Crafty. Oh, it's totally crafty. crafty. It's totally... I mean, it's... That answer to me is just like... That is the Ghislaine that I, like, know right there. Like, that is... (laughs) That is just like this, like... Totally like icy face. I mean, she cr- the facade cracks quite a lot during this deposition, or, or really just a few places. Um, but that is just the sort of like that. It, it seems mercenary to me. Oh my god! So you said that was your favorite. I think this one might be my favorite, and this um, also goes on for quite some time now. Like we said, arguing about definitions. The um, you know this is the classic Clinton move, but. Uh, yeah, this is a really this. Uh, some people may have seen this online because I think it garnered some headlines. But man, we gotta we gotta read through this whole thing. The lawyer, the lawyer says, "Did you have a basket of sex toys that you kept in the Palm Beach house?" Objection to the form and foundation. First of all, what do you mean? A laundry basket that contains sex toys in it. Can you ask the question again? Did you have a laundry basket that contained sex toys in it? In the Palm Beach House. Objection to the form and foundation. Did you have a laundry basket of sex toys in the Palm Beach House? Same objection. You can answer. I don't recollect anything about a laundry basket of sex toys. Do you recollect having sex toys at the Palm Beach House? You have to define what you are talking about. A sex toy, meaning a vibrator of some time, some kind. Sometimes they're called dildos of that nature. <laughs> Let me take that again. I, just You can keep this in. I just want to say that again. A sex toy, meaning a vibrator of some kind. Sometimes they're called dildos of that nature. Anything like that. I don't recollect anything that would formally be a dildo, anything like formally. that. Formally, huh? How would you describe sex toys? I wouldn't describe sex toys. Did you have anything that was of an electronic nature that would be used during sex? Objection to the form and foundation. I have no idea what you are referring to. 
the next several pages, by the way, are completely blacked out. Like the oh whole yeah, thing. that is that is really crazy. So you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, there's the names that are redacted, and and you know, we'll link to the slate piece where you can kind of read who that is and get a little key going. But there are like directly after this conversation about sex toys, just <laughs> like three pages with every line redacted. Yeah, and I think it's the only part in the deposition that's like that. Yeah, I. What do you think that is about? So I immediately was like, that was maybe like graphic descriptions of sex with kids. Mm. You know, like I could see. I I don't know how that would work. I, I'm not sure if they would black that out or like. Uh, honestly, though, I I I honestly just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Or it could be something that would have like a lot of bearing on Ghislaine's upcoming case that her lawyers mm. agreed to, uh, to have these documents released if that part could be blacked out. That sounds most realistic to me. Mm, interesting. So we're not going to read this part out loud. I, I did include it in, 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 in the show notes today for, for, for us to read off of here. But I just want to say I don't that- know, Maybe during... we should because- Yeah, let's do it. I think people need to hear this. Okay, so uh, this is this is a deposition from Alfredo Rodriguez, uh, Epstein's former house manager, who was our butler, who had actually s- was the person who stole the black book and tried to sell it at first for honestly pretty small amount of money, uh, <laughs> and was arrested and spent uh, I think three more months in jail than Epstein spent for doing all of the stuff, uh, and then he died of cancer very quickly after he got out. Uh, so so in this uh i will be playing uh bradley edwards uh mm. young chomsky will be playing mr critton who uh in in and and uh old liz franzak will be playing the witness alfredo rodriguez he also said he would wipe down the vibrators in a sex toys and put them away in the armoire form these things have a tip they have the cream they have all kinds of cream for giving massage how many of these massagers or vibrators would you wipe down? Form. This big one, all the time. Right. Other than the big one, all the time, did you wipe down at any time any of the other sex toys or vibrators? No. Form. Interesting. <laughs> so if there was any other sex toys or vibrators, or I believe you used the term dildo earlier, that were ever used, those are items that you did not find on the floor and were put away in the armoire. Form. Luella told me I did this. I did that. So tell us what Luella, what did Luella, Luella, by the way, was uh, a house cleaner there. So tell us what did Luella tell you? She find toys on the floor. She have to clean them. Did she tell you when she found the toys on the floor? After his massages, you know. With the young girls that we're talking about. Yes. Uh, Okay. And when did Luella tell you that? Almost every other time when she found it, you know, Alfredo, I found this thing again because she despised to clean this. She had to put the gloves on or whatever. Okay. So it sounds like you had an actual conversation about this where she's describing that she doesn't want to clean this. Because I told her to tell me up to date on things that are not normal. So she told me, you know, I found this. I found that. Um, (laughs) I just like, I'm sorry. It's like I kind of wanted to gag when he's like, you know. Yeah, so she had to put the gloves on. It was unusual. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Jesus. I know. Th- there's another part in, in Rodriguez. And by the way, this is from uh, this is from the the actual, like, original criminal case. Um, yeah. Uh, Epstein's criminal case. And, uh, and 
there's actually another part where Rod, uh, where Alfredo Rodriguez describes how Luella almost quit because she's very Catholic and found a picture of the Pope, which Epstein uh, had. You can actually see it. Um, a mm. picture of the Pope, or you see it in like one of it's still basically from one of the police um, videos of going to his house uh, next to a bunch of naked girls. <laughs> to be clear, the Pope himself is not next to a bunch of naked girls. The photo of the Pope is a photo next to a bunch of photos of naked girls. Yeah, we went uh, through a bunch of that stuff uh, in one of our like earliest episodes, and we did a very similar teleplay to what we're doing now. Yes, we did a little return nice little to form. Nice callback. Um, so here's another example of Galen's uh, Galen's uh, ultimate evasiveness. This is from, of course, the the we're returning to the to the Galen deposition. Have you ever said to anybody that you recruit girls? Stop right there. I have never recruited girls. Let's stop there. Now, break down the question. Have you ever said to anybody? By girls, are we talking about underage people? You said girls. Are we talking about underage? We are not talking about consensual acts. This is a defamation suit. I'm asking the questions. I know what this case is about. I'm trying to... I will ask you the questions. If you don't understand the question, I can break it down for you. I am happy to do that. Break it down a lot, please. I will do that. The question is, have you ever said to anybody that you recruit other girls? Why don't you stop there? Let me finish my question. Have you ever said to anybody that you recruit girls to take the pressure off of you so you won't have to have sex with Jeffrey? Have you said that? That's, That's the question. So she doesn't answer. Yeah, yeah. She just keeps, she keeps, yeah, evading. One thing that she says a lot is that if anybody who's not Virginia Jeffrey gets brought up into this, or she even, she just says this a lot, is that if, if there's any question of sexual acts involving adult, even if it's involving another child, she describes them as consensual sex acts between two adults that aren't pertinent to this conversation. And so she really uses that as a way to deflect a lot from from really a lot of the questions here. Well, like we said, there's a bunch of redacted names. And one of the big names, like we also said, is uh, President William William Clinton. Uh, He, of course, as you, everyone listening to this podcast should know, appears about 27 times in the flight logs. uh, I think over at, what, two different airplanes? Yes, indeed. Um, and I guess that Virginia's lawyers tried to depose Clinton, but that didn't really happen for this, did it? I wish. I, I wish it had so. I mean, there's no chance. It must chance. be very difficult to depose an ex-president, just going to say. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, for all you people out there who think you're going to get old Donnie deals behind bars, let it be known. Very difficult to depose an ex-president. I bet I could depose him. No. So, yeah, getting back into it. Was that for both airplanes and helicopters or just helicopters? Just helicopters. Have you ever flown Bill Clinton on your helicopter? That is another one of Virginia's lies. The question is, have you ever done that? I have never flown, rejected, at any time ever, in any helicopter, in any place, any time, in any state, in any country, at any time, anywhere. Have you ever had dinner with Bill Clinton at Jeffrey's home, at any of Jeffrey's homes? No, I don't believe so. Have you ever traveled on Jeffrey's plane with Bill Clinton? Yes, I have. Would that have been in 2002? It's very hard for me to recollect exact dates, but (laughs) that sounds about right. 
Um, have you ever uh, gone to dinner at Nello's alone with him? <laughs> That's oh uh, not actually asked, but that is a little little true and on you callback. You love that. To, you love that detail. Nello's. I love that details. Yeah, I just I don't know. Nello's just sounds like such a fucking restaurant name. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a very like season one Sex in the City. You know, working lunch at Nello's. Mm-hmm, exactly. Late nineties upper Manhattan. I, I love that show. Yeah. Little white but, wine and like a crab salad at Nello's. What I'm basically trying to say here is that it was reported a long time ago that Ghislaine Maxwell and Bill Clinton, I've said a bunch of times in the podcast, maybe we got new listeners, who fucking knows, that they dined alone at Nello's. And, oh, I thought uh, you were going to say that they did it. That, no, they fucked. Like, I, I honestly, I want to be clear about that. I honestly, like, no shit, not just being like a weird guy, think that Ghislaine Maxwell fucked Bill Clinton. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, we actually have a lot more to cover. Yeah. Um, like we said, this and, is like 465, 465 pages. Mm-hmm. It's like the Iliad of pedophilia. <laughs> the pedophiliad. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, and there's a lot more big names, and uh, including the, the big one, Israel. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's a really short word. Um, coming up. Uh, but that will have to wait for next episode oh man i'm gonna have to get uh get my voice going mm-hmm. a lot more galane to come all right well with that i am going back into my cell liz is returning to her perch up- atop the building amongst the gargoyles young chomsky is uh going back to quantico and that's not the outro so i don't know why i'm doing this go to the outro Now we're doing the outro. <laughs> like that, they call that the transition. They call me the transition king, baby. Oh my god! Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was a uh, that was an edifying read. <laughs> Nothing. Not giving me any help know. here. I don't know. I'm thrown. I thought we were. I thought we were going. We're like leaving the episode, and now we're back. Well, we're doing the outro now. Oh, okay. But you already did the outro. I thought. Well, let's just finish doing it. For fucking crap. We look like amateurs, baby. Okay, no, check this out. Hey, great. Great episode, everybody. Really got a lot of help from my co-host there on that outro I did. That was fucking cool. Not uh, Did not embarrass me in front of our audience of, uh, you know, 200,000, 25-year-old DSA guys. Uh, anyways, my name is Brace Belden. I'm Liz. And I'm Young Chomsky. This is, of course, the podcast True Anon, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.